Hello, hello, welcome everyone to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast Extra. Today we're going to be talking about how to avoid digital marketing strategy mistakes in 2024. I'm joined by the fantastic Dale Davies, who um, runs Exposure Ninja's own marketing, and Freddie, who has advised, I don't know, how many businesses do you reckon you've advised on their marketing, Freddie? I think I worked this out the other day, and I think it's over 800 now, so... Wowzers. <laughs> okay, so we've got a fair few uh, war stories, I guess, um, from uh, creating digital marketing strategies and also seeing some of the mistakes that are made. Um, as we go through, please let us know if you've got any questions, just drop them in the chat. I can see we've had a question about why we say things like people in the Philippines are not real. Uh, e. Kelly, we have never said this. We absolutely love our Philippine team. Absolutely. I don't know where that comes from. <laughs> <laughs> but if you've got any other questions, then please feel free to drop them in the chat and we will answer them as we go. And if you're listening to this, we'll describe anything that we're looking at on screen. So let's kick off with some common digital marketing strategy mistakes. Dale, I know one of the things that um, you've experienced over the years has been that it can be quite difficult to get a digital marketing strategy rolled out if there are lots of people involved and you need to get lots of buy-in. So maybe you can give us a bit of context. What have you experienced in this area and what are the tricks that you've found to get a digital marketing strategy buy-in? Well, there are endless uh, <laughs> examples I could go through, you know, from working with different uh, businesses, clients, even working internally, trying to get buy-in from people. You know, like your CEO and things like that. Um, they often present <laughs> a challenge. Uh, I could go through several of those, but one uh, that sticks some, uh, you know, stands out for me um, from this year in particular is the idea of like we're going to produce a book, for example. We have we're going to produce this book, and it's going to be the best thing ever. My mistake was not considering the buy-in from the stakeholder, the stakeholder of the stakeholder. There's like so many other people involved. I've not considered. So I thought about how do I get the buy-in of this one individual, not thinking the impact on the other five individuals that also need to be bought in as well. So it doesn't matter how much I analyze it and think, okay, their first question is going to be this. So I should say this before they even get to their question. And then they'd be like, wow, okay, he's clearly thought it, thought it through. Well, what about the other five people's questions? No wonder that it's not going to, you know, it's not going to get signed off. Or, you know, no wonder it's not uh, going to progress. So sometimes you need to think of the stakeholder of the stakeholder. Um, that's a, that's the term that I picked up when we did a continuous a continuous process management change continuous change management training. There we go. Um, how your your boss has a boss, but they might also be thinking, okay, if I make this decision about this particular project or about this direction we take the business in, well, how is that going to impact? the vendors that we use how's that going to impact our clients how's that going to impact my bank and the mortgage payments that i have to I have to make or you know i have to pay for the property that we're in there's like a lot of extra stuff that you could consider and and add into your strategy in the way you present it way way in advance so that they're already at peace and they think you can you know you've got it all under control um i'm i'm sure there are many other examples to your own experience as well tim um, you know, web. Well, you were mentioning something the other day about website development and projects that take months and months, which sounds familiar as well. Yeah, I mean, for, obviously, we see a lot of clients trying to get their marketing strategy signed off or not. In some cases, there was a, a case 
in not too distant memory where we'd been through a whole design and development process on a website. This had taken months and months. And then it comes to the day before launch and our contact in the client's business says, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, mention it to my CEO or whatever. CEO takes a dislike to some elements of the design. The whole project from being a day before going live then has to go back into design, back through development. And, you know, I think there's this challenge. I guess you must experience it a lot, Freddie, where the fastest route to getting something done, and that's all what we want to do. We just want to get things done. We want to get it moving. It's just to give sign off. And it feels painful and it adds time to it if we have to go to different people and say, what do you think about this? But actually, unless we do that stuff, we're just going to have to unpick a bunch of work later on. How do you manage this when you're helping clients with this, Freddie? Yeah, it's a really good question. And it's something I've been thinking about as we've been speaking so far, because it's definitely happened before, especially with large organizations where you might have maybe an MD or a CEO or even a CFO who's ultimately involved in decision making of like what they want to do with their marketing this also ties in sometimes with websites too and you think you're just speaking with like the marketing manager or whoever the the head of marketing is and it's their decision but ultimately it's there's lots of people involved in that conversation and the earlier you can bring them in the better and it's also i think just about trying to make sure that you're you're trying to be like on everyone's side and it's really hard to do that when you're trying you've got lots of different stakeholders who have different um yeah they have different priorities don't they that's the thing here that you yeah. want to make sure that you're you're covering all bases so we're thinking about okay how does this impact the financial side of things how do we explain this in a way to someone that's gonna sort of um hit their own kpis as well um so yeah it's just about trying to get everyone on board as early as possible and i would say it's usually a bit of a red flag if they're not too keen to actually get people involved when you can see there's a structure there as well yeah, that's great advice. Get people involved as early as possible. And they're like, I think step one is just working out who needs to be involved in the decision. If you're going to be planning out a marketing strategy for next year, who actually needs to be involved in signing off on that? And if in doubt, add them in and then just get them involved throughout. So getting them involved doesn't have to be, you know, having a formal meeting and presenting to them. It can just be meeting with them and saying, okay, I'm going to be putting together a marketing strategy. What are some things that you think I should be considering or where are your priorities? Where are your concerns? So that they just feel heard. I think the most difficult situation is when you get people who don't feel like they've been heard. They don't feel like they've been involved. So they just want to give their opinion for the sake of it, just to sort of, you know, I want to make sure I've had my say. And if you can do that early, then that sort of uh, that, that sort of helps with that. But if I may cut um, in there, there's one uh, set of people that I think that often gets overlooked, uh, overlooked with buy-in as well. And that's actually the person you're trying to sell to. So often when we're trying to get buy-in, we're thinking, okay, how's my line manager going to like approve my budget for next year, the strategy and so on. It's really easy to overlook, well, is this strategy actually going to meet the people where I want them? Is it going to even appeal to them? They're going to find it, you know, for us, we're always really keen to give actionable marketing content. So you actually go away, you can do something with it. You know, are we, when we're putting the strategy together or the project, whatever it is, is it going to satisfy the the end user you know, in, in, a, in a programming sense or for marketing the customer, the lead, the future lead, the future client, the future, you know, 24-month retained <laughs> uh, service user? Um, I think that's often surprisingly overlooked. Um, taking their that's, opinion. that's a really good point, actually. Dale, yeah, I was going to say, I think that's a really good point because sometimes you come to people with ideas 
in particular, say with our website looks and the messaging is maybe quite poor and it's not really tapping into the the right audience or we don't even know who the audience is. And then, yeah, if you get, if you get someone on board, who's like, um, part of the marketing team and they're like, yeah, we need to do this, but then they need to, they need to sell that idea to their own team as well. And if they come back and they don't really get it, then we've failed at the, the front end by not getting everyone involved and telling them that this is why we're doing this because it's going to help with X, Y, Z as well. So, yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff. All right. The next mistake that we're going to cover is a uh, kind of two sides of the same spectrum mistake. This is either spreading your marketing budget too thin, particularly thinking about let's do all of the strategies, right? We've heard Gary Vee says there's like 10 social channels. We need to be posting a hundred times a day on each one. Then we need to do SEO. Then we need to do PPC. So we do everything. That's one side of the mistake. The other side of the mistake is no, we're not going to do any of that. We're just going to put everything on red 12 and we're just going to go all in on this and this is going to save us this is going to be our ticket to this time brothers next year we're going to be billionaires because seo is going to save us they don't focus on anything else so dale what's your take on how businesses when they're planning their marketing strategies for next year how they should think about the number of channels and how much to take on I guess it comes down to the customer again, like the lead that you're trying to acquire or that future e-commerce shopper that's going to keep going back to you. It's understanding who they are, where they're coming from, what they want, uh, how frequently they want to hear from you, how frequently they want to see you. If they get bored of seeing your logo, bored of seeing your face, if you're, you know, if you're presenting as the, the main person behind the brand. Um, yeah, it's really easy to follow the, the, the popular trends for example with our marketing agency we're constantly on top of like what's happening what's changing come you want to hear about ai we're the digital marketing agency to speak to about it because we've got it down okay but it's very easy like to to navigate towards say a buzzword earlier in the year last year when i'm thinking about strategy for ourselves for this year i'm thinking community that's a great kind of i totally see the appeal that'd be really really great for us but then when we start to research and speak to customers, I've spoken to several of ours and I start to ask them, okay, how, how do you learn about digital marketing? They're not active in communities. They're, they're finding it through just search or these other channels. So if just because this great thing is growing in, in, and people are really advocating for it a lot, a particular channel, be on TikTok, be on whatever, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to match with where your best customer is. Like for ourselves, we know exactly which is the best channel to get the heart, uh, the best quality client that are going to stay with us, and we can do our best work for you know in specific industries, in specific geolocations. But if we then start to pick up on, okay, let's do a newsletter, and there's a big thing, and everyone's talking newsletters. Our perfect target buyer, our you know purchaser, they might have no interest in newsletters. Their inbox is swamped entirely. It's a complete waste of time and our ROI from that is going to be zero to none. So again, you have to understand who your buyer is. Put you know, put that extra time into really uncovering who your buyer is, putting together your buyer persona, and then you'll have a better idea of which channels to, to focus on instead of everything all at once. Yeah, I, I think the, the challenge is you can look at any industry and you can find examples of businesses that have grown by doing a great job in you know, whatever channel you want, right? So you, the tendency or the temptation is to think, well, 
we need to make everything a priority then because some businesses in our space have grown using TikTok and organic social and some have grown using, you know, just, just plain text and some have grown using search and some have grown using paid and some have grown using emails, some have grown using events. So if we want to grow, we need to do all of these things. Freddie, when a, when a client comes to you and says, okay, where do we even look? Where do we start with this? Where do we work out? You know, they might be running a whole bunch of channels, but where do we actually prioritize? Where do we put most of our resource into? How do you start to break that down? What's the framework that you're using to work out where they're going to get the best return on investment? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. And it's it's completely dependent to the, the client themselves, their industry. Um, and I think coming back to Dale's point, we need to think about, okay, where where's actually the best channel to, to focus on based on where the buyers are, based on if people are searching for it. But then also looking at the wider um side of things too they might be already i have this quite a lot sometimes um people are spending money in multiple channels but they're not actually spending enough to get a return on investment so ppc is a good example with this you might be i don't know spending like a grand on facebook ads google ads and bing ads when in reality if you were putting three grand towards one channel making sure that was actually working as well for you as it could do then you could reinvest the the money you're getting from from that channel working rather than just spreading it way too thin that's one of the main problems i usually see the other one is actually um just sometimes not giving enough time as well so um that was often quite a big issue with, with ppc but that often ties into the budget issue as well because you can test quicker if you've actually got enough budget into one channel rather than spread across and then i guess the other scenario is usually um we often have clients where we, we look at ppc and we're like it's like 200 uh, dollars a click or something and it's like it's completely insane it's like if we were going to actually try and spend and they only have so much budget if they only if they only have like ten thousand dollars a month to spend and we're looking to do that with with paid ads we just know that realistically it makes way more sense to say look at seo rather than paid ads because although it's going to take longer for you to see improvements and see the traffic increase um it's just going to be a lot more effective long term so it, it completely depends on the client really I think for, for most businesses, we end up trying to find a mixture of, uh, we've called them like large flywheel, slow flywheel channels. So channels that they can sort of dial up and dial down and can be quite responsive. Like it's good to have some sort of paid channels that you're you, you're pretty confident if you know you start having a quiet month or whatever, you can just increase the budget. You can you can start driving more um, more traffic that way. And then some sort of core organic channels, which are going to form your priority and these are going to be the ones that generate you you know the most long-term visibility and can really help you dominate a space most businesses that dominate a space they tend to have some organic channels that are performing consistently well for them don't they it's about making sure you've got that balance um absolutely yeah i mean at at the same time i suppose you can also become over-reliant so this is the the trouble you know we've got a book called how to get to the top of google and you know, someone will read this and go, right, SEO is is literally the key to all of my problems in the world. And if we can just put all of our eggs in the SEO basket, we'll succeed. So what's the danger, Dale, of of going too much that way and putting everything into one channel? Losing all of your ranking, (laughs) let's seeing your traffic (laughs) completely plummet. Bye-bye website ranking, bye-bye traffic, bye-bye business model, bye-bye everything. yeah, it's a really tricky one. Um, I think uh, I've you know, been doing digital marketing for a fair while. I've seen it happen a number of times with 
Uh, I remember one of the first instances was when Facebook started to limit reach for pages and things like that. Um, this would have been like seven or eight years ago. Uh, and yeah, there were lots of businesses that were just earning a lot of, you know, doing some good business, uh, whether that was lead generation or whatever, doing really well. And then Facebook just undercuts you and you can't get to those customers anymore. You just can't access them without paying and your business model was generous before maybe or you maybe you were just breaking even but once the facebook takes it away you're then gonna have to pay over the odds like way way more than you ever have committed to your marketing budget beforehand to get those same people coming back to you to even be seen let alone you know trying to retain anyone or trying to find new customers that's an increased expense you know we see it with with so many other channels if you could build yourself up on the uh, on TikTok or whatever social media channel, if they decide to get rid of you for whatever reason, uh, they can, and then you're back to square one again. You might be able to get some people over if you've got enough buzz around you that people go, oh gosh, this is worth talking about as a news piece and so on. But if you don't, if you're a smaller business, medium-sized business, you're doing four, five mil in turnover and you, you know, you're leaning heavily into SEO, you are going to have a problem if you, for whatever reason have a, a ranking decrease and traffic increase. So it's better to diversify. But as we said earlier, it doesn't mean you have to diversify to every channel uh, available. Well, that doesn't sound like fun to me. <laughs> Ron's made a great point in the comments um, about, uh, you know, the recent helpful content updates and recent core updates on Google. A lot of affiliate businesses, uh, you know, you see the traffic graphs and they are absolutely decimated. I've, I think... You know, as digital marketing is evolving, we're now at a stage where pretty much every digital channel is algorithmic. Even email marketing is algorithmic, right? Because you're trying to get out of the promotions folder into the, you know, the main folder in Gmail or whatever. So even those channels that previously would have, you know, we, we know that people are going to be seeing our emails, for example. Well, actually, the last few years, you, you can't bet on that at all, actually. Every single channel is algorithmic. And the thing about algorithms is that they change. And even if they're not changing because of some human intervention, most of them have a machine learning component anyway, which is designed to maximize engagement. So by placing your bets on any one channel, you're hoping that you're going to continue to be rewarded by whichever algorithm you're at the mercy of. And that is, that's quite a risky thing, isn't it, Freddie? So if, if you're working or if you're advising a, a client, for example, has a huge let's say they've relied on organic visibility on search, for example, and this has been a massive driver of traffic for them over the years. And they come to you and say, look, this is working really well for us. We want to go even harder with this. At what point do you say, I feel a little bit uneasy about this. I think we need to get some other supports under this bridge to make sure that, you know, worst case scenario, helpful content update 2.0 comes out and you get tanked. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good, really good point because I think it's so easy to get just sucked into one channel if it's working as well as it can do and yeah it, it's worked for how many years five six seven years and you don't think about the implications of it dropping off um it's i'd say it's a case of starting usually slow with other channels to test um if they've never done them before or or maybe even looking at potentially um running those channels in a different way so maybe using an offer that may not have been used as part of a, an seo strategy um trying to diversify through things like email marketing is something usually we'd be looking to do as, as quickly as possible if that's something they've never done before. 
because if they're already getting that traffic, then it's just a case of maybe some micro conversions that would then feed into maybe longer term um, sales, depending on depending on type of business. But um, yeah, I'd say it's it's really just testing, and you can only test to see what works. Obviously, you, you, have, you usually have a good uh, best guess. So, for example, if you were um, let's say you're a B two B e commerce business and you sold quite big orders. Um, and you've been reliant on search, I'd say you could probably be then looking at um, maybe looking at LinkedIn ads if, if the average order value is big enough. But again, like starting small and just testing it out and seeing which messaging is working best, especially if you have like a, a, a specific YCP as well. Yeah. Yeah. If I may, with that one, uh, I've got two points that I want to share. One is with the testing. One thing I really love businesses to do is to set up a landing page for like a, a key offer fire as much paid traffic as you can at it just to see if it's worthwhile if your cohort that you're trying to target is interested and then if you get the results you need then a b test that on the organic page so you can take your service page a b test it and then you've got a bit of proof that this initial test is going to work you can roll it out and see if your wider audience is also going to buy into it that's the first thing the second thing is off-site seo so with the SEO, obviously we have like a lot of love for it because it brings out organic traffic, top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel, and so on. There's actually all of that offsite, all the traffic that doesn't go to you that you can work on as well. So if your rankings drop, for example, but you've built up such a reputation through you know guest posting, brand work, PR, that your name is on everybody else's website, <laughs> you're still getting an impact there by people knowing who you are, what you offer, how good you are, your expertise, your trust authority all that stuff all that useful useful stuff that brand building is still going to bring you in people who will do that navigational search of okay i'm searching for exposure ninja even though i can't find them if i search for this specific service um so yeah that off-site seo promotion of your brand brand building still massively important even if your ranking is you know fluctuating gonna drop because of whatever very good point out. Also a great segue into if you do want some help creating a personalized digital marketing strategy for the next year, then you can request your free website and marketing review from the team here at ExposureNinja.com forward slash review if you're really lucky and you pray to the marketing gods, you may even get Freddie doing your review for you. I can't guarantee that. No complaints, please, if you don't. But go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review to request your free website and marketing group if you're eligible We'll basically do a lot of this uh, advisory work for you, completely free of charge, send you a video, usually within two to three working days, and it'll be killer. Okay, um, anything to add on that before we go to our final mistake? Going once, going twice, no, okay. So our final mistake, and I think this is gonna be something that resonates with a lot of people that are watching and listening, is that you go and put all the energy into building a marketing strategy up front. You get everyone bought in, and you're like, right, these are the channels that we're gonna go to. We know what our plan is gonna be for the year. And then, you know, no plan survives the first punch from the enemy, right? You log in on January the 1st, Google's changed everything, your pay-per-click's all on fire, you know, whatever. The plan is decimated almost immediately. And it's completely out of date, right? This is like an archive snapshot of something that happened in the past. Dale, you've done a fantastic job with Exposure Ninjas Marketing of building in a consistent review cadence and making sure that everyone's bought in to this kind of consistently evolving marketing strategy. I wondered if you could perhaps summarize your approach here. How do you actually keep a marketing strategy up to date as you start rolling things out? 
Yeah, this is a tricky one. So I'm fortunate enough to have been doing the marketing for us for a couple of years. So I've done different styles of this. I've done, you know, trying to spam out, you know, schedule out the entire year. This is a focus. I've tried and that's not worked out. Day two, it's dead in the water. I've tried doing <laughs> monthly and then again, dead in the water. I tried quarterly. I think it all comes down to the size of your business, how many people are working in your team. You just have to find something that matches your business and how you will operate. But I tend to find that, at least for our size of business, I imagine this works for a lot of people, have a general idea of what your strategy is for the year and then work from quarter to quarter or half to half. So just you know, have a, a rough picture of, okay, this is what I'm going to focus on for this quarter. What are the seasonal trends I can expect? So for us, I already know for next year what subject matters we're going to be focusing on in Q3 and Q4. After you, after you do for a little while, you understand, okay, this is what people are searching for and when, and then you can factor that into your decision process. So for example, with the videos, which Tim and I, we work with uh, Jess and Avea to decide what we're going to work on. It's all based upon, okay, we'll have an idea session. What's what, which 10, which 10 titles do you think we should work on? Okay, great. Let's bring those in. Then they're based on competitor YouTube channels. They're based on what maybe other agencies are do, doing, what trends there are, um, what our internal team what are talking about. Is there a capacity that we, we could help to support and fill up as well? You take all of that in together and then just repeatedly every week. It just plan out the next 12 weeks, the, the rest of this quarter, are we still happy with this cadence? Are we still happy with these titles? Is there anything else we want to bring in, even if it means pushing back something we're really excited about? How do the managers feel? How do the service delivery teams feel? How do the SDRs and everyone in sales, how do they feel about it? Is there anything that we're missing? Double check, double check. The next 12 weeks, is that the right order? And just move things around. But if you stick to a process, stick to that cadence of constantly checking, you're not going to not have a plan but you're also going to leave yourself an opportunity to jump on trends so you can quickly insert a video about google gemini which we did in recent weeks but we still have our upcoming videos or they've been published whilst i've been annual, on annual leave uh, about go-to-market strategy or um, digital marketing strategy budgeting and all these kinds of things they could still come in perfectly timed because we understand the market we understand the seasonality and stuff like that so it's a case of understanding what people want <laughs> understanding what your company needs sales team service delivery in our case and so on and what's changing in the market so don't don't plan out too long but be flexible in what you do freddie obviously you're advising businesses on sometimes on on like a new marketing strategy something that they've not done before how do you plan out the or how do you choose the kpis how do you you know, choose the metrics that they should be measuring against to say whether or not this is working. Yeah, so um, it really comes down to the business we're working with. But I mean, usually the, the most important one is is revenue, for well, like it should be for most businesses. Um, there are some cases where it might be a slightly different business model. So say for um, search, um, they need to rank highly for specific keywords because it actually is part of their business model where they rank to get traffic through for things like um, ads or like job listings, for example, might be one, one example of that. So it's actually ranking that's going to be the most important um, KPI there. 
Um, but yeah, I would say most of the time it is it's going to be revenue, and so therefore it's it's working out. Um, yeah, having a target that we're that we're trying to get to that's realistic, that is not like a complete moonshot, but obviously we want to be aiming as high as we can at the same time. Yeah, that's great advice. And and what what about timescales? Because I think Dale said earlier, if you're testing a new channel, it might take a little while to get you know positive results. So when someone says to you, yeah, we're we're thinking of embarking on this. SEO strategy, for example, as an example of a channel that might take a while, like how long do we give this before we decide, yes, it's working or yes, it's not working? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. It's one I get quite a lot. Uh, you've actually done quite a good, you've done quite a good video on that one, Tim. So can I just, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, yeah, usually it's going to be, this is going to be a long-term um, game basically. Um, so in the early stages it's about making sure you're using the right metrics to uh, see those improvements so yeah i mean ron's right six to 12 months i was going to say that eventually <laughs> but um <laughs> in the early stages the, maybe the first few months it's just about tracking okay where are we at as a baseline and how are we doing in comparison to that and understanding that there's the way a lot of seo work um and the, the timings with it work is that it's going to take time for that to bed in for 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 google to understand what's changed on the page and to re-index it and to test it and to slowly move it up um and at the same time if you're working on say um off-site seo as well uh, it it can quite quickly snowball because it's it's sort of like compound interest in that way if you start building building up say backlinks and, and quality uh links from like relative uh, well-known and uh, topical sites as well that's going to be um yeah helping to get you there but I mean, it's going to take longer basically is what i'm trying to say so six to 12 months is the the sort of usually the benchmark it's also important to be super realistic in um really competitive spaces as well and be like look this might actually take longer this might take more like 12 to 18 or 18 to 24 to get to where you want to be um yeah yeah Lily's just commented, CEOs expect results way too fast. Try not to be offended by that. Um, underestimate budget. And so the more I'm armed with knowledge, the easier my life is. I think that's a great point, isn't it? Recognizing the amount that you're able to invest in a channel and having a look at competitors, whatever tools you're using, but having a look at what competitors are investing. You know, if they've been investing tens of millions of dollars per year for the last 10 years and you're going in with you know hundreds of thousands of dollars per year expecting to sort of leave them in the dust in a year is going to be completely unrealistic so making sure that you've got that data to hand to say just want to say expectations here we're going to pick smaller battles that we know that we can win rather than going for complete dominance against well-established competitors that's going to be really important to make sure everyone's expectations are aligned right at the start so that three months later they're not well hold on how come i'm not number one for gambling yeah for sure i think as well people often see seo as as a ladder whereas in reality it's more like a race because if someone's already gone 100 miles down the road and you're going 50 miles an hour it's still going to take you a lot of time to catch up with them <laughs> even if they're now just at, at walking pace so yeah yeah two hours um <laughs> no the one more thing I would add on to this, if you don't mind me, is Jackson. Sorry, um, is the mistake. So this 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 session is about this episode is about talking about digital marketing mistakes. I think sometimes one of the biggest mistakes is choosing the wrong success metrics. So for example, like I'm looking for a specific uh, ranking increase for certain keywords and, and so on. They might actually not 
have as much significance as they as you would get from improving your funnel or you know improving your conversion rate you might not need to change your ranking it might be that your lead generation form is just not effective or you know your email sequences aren't working correctly you you may want to launch with a new channel for next year you might want to do podcasts as part of your strategy for 2024 the success metrics for that are, shouldn't really be monthly downloads because monthly downloads are hard to come by without a really heavy PR strategy tied to it to promote it, get you, you know, get listeners onto it. So you're better off success metrics for that are, are people coming back for the second episode and the third episode? Are people listening to the end? I'll be getting more people mentioning the podcast when we speak to them uh, in the sales process or post sales. Like, how important is that metric? Uh, uh, sorry, is that podcast? How can you measure it in a way that better supports your argument of this is an essential part of our strategy for next year? Not, oh, okay, we need to hit this many downloads and this many reviews, rating stars, whatever. That's success because the. In, it, that's kind of vanity. It's not the same thing. So you've got to pick the right metrics and make sure that you, you get that buy-in that we talked about at the beginning, that people understand the importance of this as a part of your funnel rather than, okay, this is just a cool channel to have. Yeah, great point. Okay, well, folks, it's been absolutely wonderful talking about mistakes. I'm sure we could, uh, yeah, all talk about the endless frustrating stories that we've seen over the years, as could the listeners. Um, but we are out of time. So thank you everyone for tuning in. Don't forget you can request your free website and marketing review. I say don't forget as if you could have forgotten. Don't forget, remember to always echo your CTA. Don't forget the free website and marketing review. You can request it from ExposureNinja.com forward slash review and we'll give you our take on what we think your priority channels should be. You don't even need to tell us. We're going to see if we can work it out based on our data and our secret ninjury. So go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review for that. Um, but otherwise, thank you everyone for tuning in and see you next week.